A little advice. A little advice. Come on, come on, come on, yeah. Just a little advice. Just a little advice with Christine Little. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Little Advice Podcast, a podcast where me, comedian Christine Little, gives a little advice to one of my guests. It's only a little advice because I only have a little degree, okay? I got a BA in psychology, that's it. But, okay, I also read a lot of self-help books, so I'm like, I'm qualified to do this, I can do this. This is episode number 11 with a very funny comedian and writer, Ify Wadiway. He's been on At Midnight, Black Card Revoked, and he's got his own comedy album, The Community College Dropout, which can be bought on Amazon and other places that albums are sold. And in this episode, we talk about dollar dollar bills, y'all, money, finance. And if you know anything about me or have talked to me for over five minutes, you know that I own a home. So I feel like I'm qualified to like give some financial advice. And he's, yeah, he's got a problem with spending money when he gets it. So hopefully this episode will help you if you've got that same problem. And podcast related, if you want to talk more about this episode or give advice yourself, if you're like good with money, please head over to our Facebook group, the Little Advice Podcast Facebook group. You just have to search for it and leave a comment. Tell us what your advice would be. And again, please rate, subscribe, and leave a little review. I'd love to give you a shout out on the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Stephanie Hargitay for writing her comment in the Facebook group about Sophia Alexandra's episode. Thank you so much for that. That was really helpful. And with no further ado, please enjoy episode number 11 with Ify Wadiwe. Thank you for listening to A Little Advice. Hi, Ify. Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going really good. Uh, I'm sweating (laughs) because I was running around. Yeah, yeah, you went on like a real mission before. Yeah, I, you know what? I just learned recently that I like excitement, and I was getting it through all my relationships, but then I'm starting to notice all the weird stuff I do Yeah. in terms of like waiting last minute to do things, and I think I, I'm getting off on it in a weird way. <laughs> so that's a little too much info. Um, or maybe just enough. You know? Or maybe just enough. <laughs> if he, How do I say your last name? Wadiway. The end is silent. Are you asking me why do I want to know or what? You know, oh, oh, where, what, what is this? Oh, oh wait, wait, no. <laughs> I just found this. Okay, I'll let it do it. Okay, it's pretty long. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, I deserve that. Thank you. <laughs> also, okay, all right. Okay, well, I don't know if I'll ever use that again. But, um, okay, so what's your problem? Okay, so my problem is I feel like I just am so bad with money and and by bad with money i mean like i just like i'm always spending it and anytime i'm like all right i'm gonna save something comes up that i want to buy and i'm like i you know what i have to get it and i always can talk myself into it and before i thought it was just like an overall control issue but you know i'm doing the keto and i'm totally fine with that but with that, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm able to stay on the wagon. And if I jump off, I'm able to get back on. But when it just comes to money, trying to save it, hmm. trying to trying to make sure that, you know, I have some saved over, it just never pans out. 
That's really interesting that you've been so committed with the keto. You lost a lot of weight on that too, right? The yeah. keto diet. How much have you? Uh, I'd say 60 total in a Whoa. year, 60 total pounds. But when I started keto, like 30 from that point. Yeah, because of the intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. which one of my friends calls anorexia on a schedule. I don't <laughs> agree with that. But um, <laughs> wow, so you do have self-control. Yes. So that's that's why it's tricky for me where it's like, you know, with with, you know, whether it be weight loss or fitness, I can have that self-control. But when it is with money, it's like, yep, no, I'm just going to spend it. And I also think it's because, you know, a lot of the stuff that I'm into is very like hyped and flash in the pan. Like I just bought some new shoes, those off white Mm -hmm. ones. And and, you know, I'm happy I got them. But it's like you either get them now or you'll never be able to get them again. And I, there's never one that I'm like, I'll take a pass on this. I always try. Wow. I have like the exact opposite problem. So have you, I, I'm sorry, I'm bringing this back up, but have you lost weight before and gained it back? Or is this the first oh, time? Oh yeah, I've lost weight before and gained it back. Okay. All right. So have you ever gone on a, like a budget before and, and been able to keep keep that steady or is, is I've, never... I've been on budgets but i haven't necessarily successfully kept one i i do i tried every app i'm trying this new app now uh which because after these shoes i was like all right i'm gonna try and budget and see what's up and it would i'll tell you the name of the app the app is called uh acorn <laughs> no that one is robin cool, hood uh, no, that is, Ooh, I mint. do have, uh, Robin Hood, but Clarity Money. Oh, yeah. never heard of that. Yeah. And Robin Hood's been good in a way because I'm tricking myself into saving money by investing. And, yeah. But also that means that there is a chance it could just disappear. But like, since it's in Robin Hood and it's attached to stocks and that money technically isn't real. It's not liquid. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I can't spend it. So it's been sitting there and so far it's been just raising steadily i that's haven't great. lost any money but that's been the only the closest i've gotten to saving money and you know my credit cards i just found out someone told me that apparently you're supposed to keep your credit card uh usage under like 30 mm-hmm. percent and i was like oh no i just thought you as long as you had it you're good uh yeah so okay <laughs> all right how do we start here so I have a sneaking suspicion that maybe part of the, I'm, I'm thinking a couple of theories here, maybe part of the reason why you have trouble saving is that you feel, it's almost like a diet restriction thing. You feel like you're not going to be able to get anything you want. And then so you kind of like, it's like a form of binging almost with yeah. spending the money. And then maybe your your patterns growing up and how your family related to money. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, so I feel like growing up with my mom, we didn't have much money. And my dad, we had money, but he was kind of like, you know, stingy with yeah. it. Like, he, he, you know, he would buy me stuff that I needed. And it wasn't until, like, high school when he started loosening up and, like, getting me stuff. But it's always been like, you know, like, oh, you can – you know, you can have this one day. Like, I remember one time, mm-hmm. I, I hate that I still remember this, uh, but, like, my mom took me shopping, and we got all these cool clothes for kids, and she put it on layaway, and she was like, well, come back and get it. And uh, we never did. And I just remember oh. being like, all right, well, 
Never got that. Oh my gosh. So many layers to that. It's yeah. like you were expecting these cool things. Someone said they were going to do something and they didn't do it. Like that, yeah. I've had that happen. It's. I still remember my aunt didn't take me to Rosalind Bakery in Indianapolis. <laughs> I will never forget that, Phoebe. Anyway, so, um, okay. So I love that you, you're doing this Robinhood app. I think that's really, really good. And uh, personally, what I like to do with money, and I want to ask you about your mom too, but before I forget this, personally what I like to do with money is just like automate thing as, things as much as possible, like with my bills and the, the bills that I know I have to pay. Um, have those automatically scheduled to be paid. I don't like to keep a balance on my credit cards. Um, if you do have a balance on your credit cards right now, it may be good, depending on how your credit is, to get a credit card that uh, they have a lot of intro credit cards where it's like 0% interest for the first 12 to 18 months. Mm -hmm. And that'd be a really good way for you to um, pay off that card without paying extra money on it. And similarly, like if you want to make a big purchase, it's it would be good to put something like that on a credit card that won't hold it, won't charge yeah. you any interest. So at least you're not paying more and you're doing it in, in manageable sizes. Um, so there's that. And also, uh, let me hear about your mom's spin, like what it was like with your mom. Yeah. So my mom, I think I, I oftentimes say that I get my spending from her because she's the same way lots of impulse spending, mm -hmm. just, gr just getting kind of what she wants. Sometimes, you know, that'll come back and bite her, yeah. you know, where my dad is kind of like the opposite. He's like... Very, like I said, very strict stickler. Only will only get. But I remember, if I had like money problems, I like I would always wait till the last minute to ask him because I didn't want because he'd give me a long lecture yeah. and he's like, "You need to get better with your money." One time he totally took my debit card away from me. Uh, yeah, and he was like, he was like, "This, this is like you," because I would do a thing where. I had a full-time job. I was working for the county, and I would like basically spend all my money, and then end up overdrafting. And then when my next paycheck was deposited, I, I would have less money, and it was just this never-ending cycle. So he's like, "I'm gonna take your card away oh. so that you cannot spend more money than you have." And so did that for a while, and then eventually uh, got got my uh, card back. But I still, I still don't think I was necessarily good with money. Your just, dad, Britney Spears, your money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Um. So what, like, has it? So it's always been like that. You've always been like kind of binging with the money. Yeah, and it's always been the thing of like where I tell myself, well, as long as I pay all these bills, and then I make sure there's food for you know. Naomi and Aurora at home then like who cares what I do with this thing but I am his wife and daughter yeah and so after like I feel like after a few times of doing that it's just more just recklessness where it's like all right things you know things like one of the big things that happened is like I totally forgot because I went to DC last weekend mm -hmm. and um forgot to put in my time time sheet for work so I just I found that out on my way here. So I'm just not going to get paid uh, this week. What? Uh, yeah, because like if you don't turn in your timesheet, you don't get paid. And there's no... Well, I, I'll get paid for both weeks next Friday. Okay. So I still get the money, but there's just... But now I'm like, oh, shit. Because I 
like now I'm gonna have to basically use my credit card for gas. Oh no! Yeah, and the credit card I've been that was the plan. I had it all planned out that like a portion of my check would because my biggest plan now more than saving is to just get a zero balance on the credit card. Okay. Because I told myself that if I because I have two and one okay. is like a uh, Delta Sky Miles and the other one's just like a Capital One uh, joint and I told myself. I'm going to pay them both off. The Capital One stays in the drawer, and that's just going to be my emergency if something happens. And then the Sky Miles will be the one that I, I can do my fund purchases, but making sure I pay it off. Once I get into a zero balance, kind of keep paying it off. Um, and then uh, what but – what but what's – so that's my, been my game plan. My game plan was like every time I get paid, I'm going to pay it down and then try and, and – you know, make sure I pay my bills because I do have, you know, the car note that I have to pay, uh, then the phone bill, and then I have the uh, the insurance for the car. So, so it does. It, it's kind of like this weird feeling of like there's always something to pay. Yeah. So let me treat myself. Well, and I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with treating yourself if you're working really hard. But also, I think it's good to, to have in mind what your goals are. Like, are you going to want to purchase a house? Like, are you going to want to set up a college fund for your kid? Do you want to work on your retirement? Those are other things to think about instead of just debt, mm-hmm. paying off debt. And I think um, that's part of the issue, too, is that we're just, like, working to pay off debt instead of building wealth. Yeah. Well, then that's where the kind of trickier act trickier aspect of it kind of comes from and you you know because we're in the same industry but the way I look at like those kind of long-term goals is like well that like the, the money I'm making now is n- never gonna amount to a house it's gonna be when I get on a you know another staff I'm glad that you said that because yeah. that's not true it's I not to brag but everyone knows this I own this yeah. place and it has afforded me the opportunity to put more energy into my career to where I am going to make better money. And once you get that money, it's important that you know what to do with it so you're just not racking up debt but on a bigger level, yeah. you know? So um, do, do you, what do you think about having a goal like that, like buying a house or building wealth or doing retirement? Is that something that you want? Yeah, no, that's definitely something I want, you know. You know, <laughs> like, that would be amazing. But, like I said, I just always looked at, like, oh, that's not a not right now thing, right? Uh, you know, that's a later thing when, you know, I I sell X or Y right. show. So what's your advantage to thinking that? Like, what are you getting out of that? What's your payoff? I think I get the what I get out of it is just no guilt of not saving. Okay, that's <laughs> I good. I feel like that's like it's like oh well, it doesn't matter that I'm not saving because I have a plan to save mm. in the future. And right now, it doesn't matter that you know I'm spending so frivolously, you know, because of X, Y, Z. Well, let's get you into a habit where you can still buy stuff that you want, and that's fun, but also that you're building towards your future and your family's future, too. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. So, I've got some resources from you. Um, one uh, is, have you heard of the Actors Fund? Uh, I've heard of it, but I don't know too much about it. Definitely look into there. They have a lot of resources for actors, producers, directors, entertain anyone in the entertainment industry. And they have a workshop in there called Budgeting Nuts and Bolts. 
And but before that workshop, there's another one where you kind of figure out the psychology of your, your spending habits and your relationship with money because it's really interesting, like how how we think about our money affects how much money we have in our lives, right? Yeah. So um, so there's that. I think that's going to be really helpful to to know what your expenses are and what your budget is. And one of the biggest takeaways I got from, I got a lot of takeaways from that that workshop, and it's free by yeah. the way, so you don't have to pay anything, so you don't have to feel guilty about it. One of the big takeaways is like when you get a windfall. So say like you book a gig and you're still working whatever your jobby job is, but it's not like your main career. So so you get a, a, a windfall of like $1,000 or something like that. So uh, a strategy that you could have for that is to divide that in four. And so for one, for, I, I don't know if I'm going to remember all this, one fourth, pay off your debt, right? And then uh, another fourth, buy or something, sell, sell something nice, buy your shoes or whatever. And then another one, put it into your wealth building account. Like a capital, you said you're with Capital One. Mm-hmm. They have a, a good uh, savings account online. They used to be ING, but what I like about their savings account is that you can comp- compound interest in there. So And it's higher than a normal savings account attached to your, your, your checking account at whatever yeah. bank. Um, and then the other fourth, you can put into uh, your fund for your expenses. Like, so you kind of have like a backup for your, the bills that you have to pay. So that way you're not cheating yourself. You're still buying yourself something nice. You're still saving towards your retirement and you're paying off debt and you're hitting it, but also like pay the minimums of your credit card and stuff like that. I would also suggest definitely if you are paying interest on those, try to get it transferred over to a, um, a non-interest credit card. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. The, the current goal now is to get under 30 on both cards so that my because i that that's kind of the thing that has the chokehold on my credit right now okay is that both cards are so high oh i see but because i because one thing i have been doing is my debt has always been a priority because i ran into a lot of debt very early on yep. uh, my first uh credit card experiences were the one i got when i had my first wells fargo account uh and then the second one i got my first day uh, at community college because they were given free subway sandwiches of course they were. Uh, for when you signed up for a credit They're card. They're so predatory. It yeah. makes me so sick. Well, it was also before the crash, so like you, you didn't know. need Well, that's credit. what causes the yeah. crash, just giving kids yeah, so, credit cards and loans that they'll never oh, yeah. be able to pay off. And then after, then, then while I had those, it was all good, and then I, like, one thing that's crazy, funny, shitty, weird, but always, like, I feel like I could take better advantage of this than, like, letting it be, like, as much as it, the way it is, is I've always, uh, if, if, like, I lost a job or something, I always seem to be able to find enough, like, something seems to just come for me and, like, help me land on feet, but because of that, like, I'll just kind of free fall until the last, like, till, like, it's like, oh, if I didn't have this job, shit would have happened. You like the excitement of it. Uh, there's almost like a level to it of just, it, it's not even like an excitement, but a freedom of just like not stressing and going with the flow. But then there's a, there's a level to it where it's like, if I can just tweak it where I don't necessarily hit the brink, that would be, of course, ideal. Um, but it's really just like, I never plan, I don't plan much i mean obviously with the you can budget. definitely do it i know you can 
there's so many tactics. Like, so you don't, you don't want to, you want to still enjoy like the freedom of being able to buy stuff for yourself and not be stressing about money all the time because you have faith that something's going to work out. Yeah. But you also don't want to take such a big risk and have those feelings of guilt and shame and stuff around spending too much. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, another suggestion I have for you is just set up, you probably have this, I don't know, but have money automatically deposit to a savings account. Well, I don't cause I, I took away the savings account because what would happen is let me try and pinpoint exactly how it worked. But basically it happened in the way that, I would put money in my savings and then would spend so much with my check-in that it would do overdraft protection and transfer it over. And after you transfer from your savings to your checking after a certain amount of time, they're kind of forced to close your savings account. And that happened to me twice. And then I was like, all right, then I'm just not going to have to Because of the, the overdrafts? Uh, well, the overdrafts and like me spending everything in my checking account was like, well, I need to buy this thing. Oh, I see. And the, a thing that I... <laughs> been uh really bad about that i need a better about is like when i get money i think of what i want before i think of what i need hmm that makes sense okay i've got so many ideas and i don't know if any of these will resonate with you but one is to this is what i used to do was when i was a waitress i would I don't know how you get paid. It's harder when you don't have cash, but yeah. I would have envelopes at my house and I would, whenever I got paid, I would just automatically take out 20%, 10% to give away, 10% to put in my savings account. And the 10% to give away, which is really tough, partially is because it's like a relationship you have with money and just like knowing that it'll cut, like it's an energy thing, whatever you put out like we'll come back to you yeah. so and it's just like good to help people right yeah. so um so separating it into envelopes but you can also do that with checking accounts so you can have your spend account and you can have your um savings account and your regular checking account what what i also do is have a business checking account for um entertainment expenses like travel headshots whatever and you can write some of that stuff off. So that's another good reason it would be it'd be good to have like separate accounts. Mm -hmm. So if you had a regular checking account, you could have one where you pay all your bills and then you could have one that's your fund spending account and then you could have one that's your savings account. Do you think you would be able to stick to spending money only out of the fund account? Would you be able to separate that in your mind? Yeah, because I think I would just... Um not have the other cards i would just take them out of my wallet because you could set up something to where you deposit all of your money into one account and then from there automatically have it siphle out a percentage or a certain amount if your pay is pretty steady yeah. and that could be your fund money okay like a maybe 10 percent of your money or something like that yeah so if you're making like I don't know, $500 a week, which you're probably making way more than that. I'm just really poor. Uh, you know, you'd get 50 bucks yeah. for, for each time or a hundred if you want to do 20%. Yeah. What do you think? That sounds good. Yeah. You hit your nose. So I think you're kind of lying. No, no. So, <laughs> so that, that... you're like, yeah, sure. Well, my nose itched. Mm -hmm. I had an itchy nose. And how convenient. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, 
Yeah, automatically. So I think I think it also helped too if you had like a plan for also building your money and not just paying off debt because that's so lame. Okay. And it's not fun at all. But if you're thinking, ooh, I'm saving up to get these pair of shoes, or you could think about stuff that you want or make a list of things that you want before you get the money and then take and build it up to get that amount. So say it's going to be $250 for a pair of shoes, which I think is ridiculous. Let's say it is. (laughs) Well, that's, I'm generally paying. Well, the last pair of shoes I got, luckily, uh, was $130. Um, uh, Wow. And, but those, they currently are on, go for about 700 bucks. What? Are they collector shoes? Well, they're off-white shoes. And, and shoes. I don't know what that means. Off-white is a fashion brand by made by Virgil Abloh. Do you remember any of that? Do you remember that guy that Kanye was hugging at the Louis Vuitton uh, fashion show? Do you think I know? Okay. Who? Virgil Abloh was a part of Kanye's inner circle when he was like deep in a fashion. They would go to Paris Fashion Week. And then he eventually created his own brand called Off-White, which took off as like this huge streetwear brand. And now he has been brought on as Louis Vuitton's like lead designer. Uh, And so he just did a collaboration with Nike where he did all these deconstructed style shoes. I actually just took a picture of them because they got... Are you wearing these shoes? No, I'm wearing Yeezys right now. Let me see. Um, Let me see if these are worth it. All right, they're very white. Yeah, they are. These are the triple whites. They're comfy. Triple whites. Uh, they look comfy. And these are the shoes that I got. Oh, those are fun. Yeah, and they normally cost one thirty, but resale since they're so rare goes upwards to six hundred. Dude, I would buy those. Yeah. And then sell them yeah, and take that would. money and put it into a savings account or an investment account and earn even more money on it. Then I'd save up so much money I'd put a down payment on another place. <laughs> Do you you like you like to keep on you like to hold on to stuff that you yeah, buy? I mean, yeah. But and sometimes it gets tricky too because I'll trick myself because I'll be like, oh I'll get this because it's, you know, not because it's worth money and I'll flip it and then I'll go, oh, but I actually want to keep it. And then I'll put these like weird, bizarre. Are you a hoarder? Uh, not necessarily. I'm more so a collector who like, <laughs> I like, like, I like. A collector rare... is a classy hoarder. Well, yeah. <laughs> the things you hoard are way more expensive. But <laughs> so like, okay, so they depreciated a bit. So now they're going for 500. Oh my God. Uh, but so I'll, so this is a good example. So I'll, I'll, Buy, say, say I'm like, okay, I really can't afford to buy these, but I'll buy them, so I'll flip them. And then they were going for 700 two days ago, but now that everyone who bought them has received them in the mail, everyone's trying to sell them. So uh, it's the like stock. Goes down. Yeah. That's it. This site, StockX, is a shoe sales that's kind of based on wow. socks. So I will go here and go, okay, it's going for 580 and then obviously StockX takes a cut, so I probably would make like 400 and some change on it. And I'd be like, that's not worth it to sell it because then I'm only making 300 But like that literally happened with these PlayStation shoes that I got. Wait, PlayStation uh, makes shoes? Well, Nike did a collaboration with PlayStation to make some Air Forces with the PlayStation print on them. And I bought them, and I definitely did not have the money for them. And I was like, but I'm going to flip them. Because, and they're going for a thousand dollars, uh, and I think they cost it like 
like 200. And I was like, okay, cool. And then when I got them in the mail, they dropped down to going for like five, 600. I was like, see, that's not worth it. If it was going for, for the thousand, I would flip it. When in the end, it's just because I really wanted the shoe. And if it was a shoe that I truly wasn't interested in, it wouldn't matter. Like a, a $50, you know, uh, profit is good to me so what do you do with the with all the stuff that you you get like all the shoes do you have a lot of shoes yeah i, I have a few i mean i don't like most sneakerheads would scoff at the amount of shoes i have i probably have like uh sneakerheads like about any, anywhere i think i think i finally hit like the 40 amount i have 40 sneakers. okay yeah so how many how often do you buy shoes or, or is it just shoes, or is it other things, too? It well, the like shoes, it it's things. this outfit that I just great. bought. This, uh, this was like 70-something dollars. The outfits, I tend to be a little more reasonable. I'll make sure I'm shopping at places that sell things for reasonable prices, and I'll splurge once. For some reason, I seem to be able to do that. And I think it's because clothes kind of last longer. There isn't that sense of urgency. Whereas, like, those shoes that I bought, went on sale Tuesday. And if I didn't buy them on Tuesday, then I would have had to pay $500. And I didn't like, I didn't just go out and buy them. Like you had to enter a draw form. So I won Jeez. the draw and I got the shoes. Oh my God. Those people are marketing geniuses. Yeah. Well, like they they're had... creating such a sense of urgency. People feel like they need to buy them yeah. and then they appreciate it more because it was yeah. so hard to get. So that makes sense. Yeah. So so that, that's the thing. And and the one thing I've been finding is like, I've been like, okay, I just get these shoes and I'm fine. But then more shoes come out. So it's been the thing. And the median price, if I can get get the shoe for retail, is going to be anywhere between the 150 to 250 range. Um, so I th what I was trying to do for my sake and the sake of savings is getting my cards to a zero balance so that I can at least go, okay, I'm going to pay for this shoes. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. I'm going to pay for these shoes and then I'll just pay it off and I'll do every shoe like that. And then even, you know, if I have to miss a drop, I can tell myself, you know, okay. I'll just pay the resale price and pay that off and stick to one shoe. Or, worst case scenario, because I'm at a zero balance, I can just afford another shoe and then pay that down. So that's where I've been trying to get to. But then we have the kind of, I think I over, I overpay for, like I try and do the thing where it's like, I'm just trying to get this over with and try and get to that stage of my life. So then I'll, you know, pay as much as I can. So I'll put like 200 on each card, which is like $400. And, uh, and then I'll be like, all right, cool. And then I'll just like live off of this. And then something comes up that I need to pay. Like I, uh, and, and then so now I spend all the what would be my spending money on the actual real bills and then I'm trying to like, I was like, okay, I'll just, I just need to make it to Friday. But then something comes up, whether it's gas or, it, or, you know, I have an audition coming up. I need to get a haircut. You know, there's always something. And then I start, and then I use the card 
and then that kind of breaks the seal because I use the card once and I'm just like, all right, well, you know, I'm out, let me grab something to eat. And then it just slowly goes back and then it feels like the stone has rolled down back the hill. Yeah. So it sounds like you're caught up in a vicious cycle and you just keep doing the same stuff over and over again. Yeah. How many pairs of shoes do you typically buy like a month? Um, it really does depend. It, I really is kind of like chasing the drops because like for this month, I've bought two pairs of shoes. Well, technically no, because September was the last pair and then this month started and then I got these pairs. And then before that, the shoes that I've gotten before that, I was able to kind of hold off for a bit. I think the last time before that were the PlayStation shoes that I got and that was back in June. So what do you think about having a set amount of money that you can spend on shoes per month and socking that away yeah. instead of taking it from your bill money. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. So if you, do you have like direct deposit set up for your No, plans? I still need to do that. <laughs> it's still need okay. to direct deposit. All right. That makes sense. I think once you get some systems in place, it's going to be a lot easier for you to take control of your money situation. Automatic payments for your credit cards. And I don't know if you're familiar with the tactic of taking, so you have two credit cards you're paying off, mm -hmm. whichever one has the smallest balance or the highest interest, either yeah. one. Pay that off first, make the minimum payment on the other card. And once you've paid the, the smallest card off, by like any surplus that you get paying on that on, on top of the minimum mm -hmm. and then taking that minimum payment that you were paying for the first card plus any surplus and applying it to the second card with the higher balance and, and um, it's a tactic to, to pay that down faster. Okay. I don't know. It's a resource. But I think if getting something set up to where you have a savings account, like I'm with Bank of America and I'm sure other banks do this too. Like anytime I make a purchase, no matter what, say I go get gas mm -hmm. and it's, um, you know, $40 and like 80 cents, then 20 cents is automatically going to go into my savings account. Like it does the change. Yeah. And so, um, you can also do something where you have an automatic deduction taken out of your savings account. Stuff that you'll not notice, like yeah. 20 bucks or $25 a month, plus all of your change, and then um, cycling out another 20 or 40 bucks a month into your other savings account that you don't see that much, that you don't even have a debit card with. Yeah. So you can't, it's not easily accessible. So you'd have to do a lot of work to get to that money. Yeah. And if your credit cards are hidden, you won't be so tempted to to whip that out. Yeah. But I think if you made a plan to give yourself, you know, $300 a month if you needed it to buy shoes or every other month and you save up to that instead of using the money that you need for your bill. Do you know how much you need for your expenses each month? Uh, you know, generally, yeah. I don't have it like nailed in my head, you know. Definitely, you know, 1100 for rent. Uh, two about I think it's like 273 now that's gonna be my car insurance and that I have no choice they pluck it out and that one's the trickiest one of all because it's like right after rent 
And so if I'm not thinking about it, it's, that is going to be an L every time. And they always come and I try to find ways to stop the auto, <laughs> auto pay feature, but it seems like it's the only way. Um, the phone bill is about 200 bucks and, uh, my car, my, uh, my car notes about 400 bucks. Utilities, groceries, food? Utilities, uh, is going to be utilities with LIDWP. It's every two months. So I hate that. You know yeah. what I do? Send a payment every month. Okay. And you can also, I don't know if you, if you would qualify, but they do have uh, financial hardship plans for the electricity and for power and for gas. Yeah. And they have a leveling out payment for gas to where you can have, like I have $37 taken out every month. I have a credit of like $90 now. Yeah. So sometimes I can cancel that payment and it'll go yeah. back into my account. So it'll, it's like free money that you forgot that you had oh, nice. because it depends on your usage. Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of things that you can set up that would automate this to where you don't have to think about the savings or paying of the bills. Yeah. What is your biggest challenge you would say in doing this logistically? My biggest challenge is, I think it is, and if I had to like try and step back and even with uh, my like therapist I used to go with, I would always do this and try and like be ahead of the curve and be like, this is what I think the problem is. Um, but I think it is like, I think the reason fitness kind of, I can stick to it so easily is because you can kind of see the results or if you're in the gym you can you can feel yourself getting stronger and i feel like with money financially you when you're trying to save especially when you're starting right here it just never feels like you've saved that much so it's very easy to be like well you didn't even save that much so mm, that makes a lot of sense that makes yeah. a lot of sense and i could totally see that um that's why I think it's good to have a almost an invisible account yeah. that you don't see that much that siphles money out. Because then when you look at it three months from now, you're like, oh, oh, yeah. okay. And I didn't even notice that money was missing. Yeah. So in the, the closest I got to saving well was when, um, you know, I, I'm a nerd gamer uh, and, you know, points and stuff kind of worked for me. But Wells Fargo had this feature where it's like you put make a financial plan and you're like this is how much i'm trying to save this is when i still yeah. have a savings account and then it was like um it was like all right i think i put like i was trying to get to 10 grand and i actually got and it was like every time i was going there it was like oh you're 30 percent away and they would actually send you updates like oh you're right. this much away and i was doing it and then like i had that dip in work that we all do and then you start chipping away from it. And then I think I just spiraled after that point where it's like, well, it's all gone now anyway. So, But I think it says something that you got so close to it. That yeah. means that you can absolutely do it again. Yeah. And then if you're building up, um, you almost need like a, a fail safe to, to a plan to where if you do have that dip, you could do something where money could still be coming in. Yeah. I'm not sure what that could be. If you got a house, you could get a renter. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And then the stocks. I have a friend that I can uh, have you talk to that mm -hmm. will help you with your finances and coming up with a good plan yeah. and maybe helping you find lower um, interest rate on your charge cards, figure out a retirement thing. Because there's something you can do with retirement, and this is why retirement is really sexy. Uh, 
or insurance is a sexy because you can set up a permanent life insurance plan to where you can keep feeding money into it with your premiums and then after a certain point it'll build up a lot of money and you can borrow that money from yourself not pay it back and it'll be tax free yeah so you could take this huge chunk of money and put a down payment on a property and then rent that out and then you could have that passive income for and not have to pay yeah. back the down payment so there's all there's so many cool things i would say look into the actors fund nuts and bolts financial workshop i think that's really really going to help you it's going to help you to figure out how to organize your money so you know where everything is exactly how much you need and a plan to make that amount every time and also help you figure out a way where you can still get the fun stuff that you want to get so you're not feeling restricted and you're seeing something back from the money that you're making yeah what do you think yeah, I think that's a great idea. So I definitely re recommend that. Miata Doga, she's brilliant. She's great. You're going to love it. And it's free. All right. And then there's another book called Millionaire by 30. I read that. Spoiler alert. Didn't make it. But it was very <laughs> inspiring. And there's a lot of really good information in there. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, of course. And I'm sure there's tons of podcasts that you can listen to about, about money stuff. But it seems like the first thing that you want to do is get rid of that credit card payment. Yeah. Um, which is totally doable. Yeah. I just feel like when I can... Because I feel like if that credit card can become my fun fund, then I don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily any. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to say I don't think it's a great idea to have that as a fun fund. Really? No, not at all. I don't think it's good to have a credit card as a fun fund. I think you need to have the money mm -hmm. before you, you buy anything. So, so, so then what would I use the credit card for? Because emergencies. Okay. Like if you, like if your car breaks down or if you really need to spend money and then, um, even then open up a new credit card and get one that's interest free. Yeah. And then pay it off in a way that's manageable. So you're not drowning in debt. And so it's just, you have the so credit I, card sitting at zero balance. Yeah. Forever. Ignore it. Or get and also get a card if you're gonna use that. Like I might use a credit card for like flights and stuff with with Southwest to build points mm -hmm. and also pay that off right away so I don't stress about it. Yeah. And or get a credit card too that has a cash back option. So at least you're it's giving you some money back and then you can take theoretically whatever money you make and put that into some sort of investment. So you're making money from money. Yeah. Which is brilliant and you're not, you know. Yeah. It's free money or whatever. <laughs> So, no, I definitely do not think it's a good idea to, to have a credit card as a fun fund. Okay. I think have that money to be able to pay for it. I'd say save up and have an account. You have a play account and keep adding to it every check, you know, without thinking about it. $40 a week, 50 bucks a week, or, or 100 or whatever you feel comfortable with. And then separate the rest out. I'm serious. Yeah, no, I'm taking it. <laughs> but I don't know. What do I know? I'm poor. So, um, but you what, have your own place. I do, and that's a whole other story. People, I was really, really blessed in that regard. Wells Fargo screwed everyone over with the economy, like mm -hmm. with, the, with the house stuff. So they were giving away thirty thousand dollars forgivable loans to first-time home buyers. And there's a lot of first-time home buyer programs. And I'd say, let's get your credit up. Let's get your credit cards paid off. Let's get you into a house. Let's build some equity and like you can buy some really fun toys yeah. and give yourselves like give yourself like the incentive for that. Like 
think bigger, think bigger toys, think better toys than just the shoes. You know yeah. what I mean? Have those still, but like what, what's something really big you would want Yeah. that would excite you to save that money? Like look for your motivation in that. Okay. So, uh, Rama, uh, we're going to wrap up for this portion. I'm going to ask you about your creative process, but before that, what were some takeaways for you? Well, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like it was there was this big secret to saving that you know I mean it feels like money to me I felt it feels like it's always been a mental block and it seems like it was more complicated and kind of hearing you lay it out it has me interested and has me excited almost because it feels like a challenge now think of it like a game yeah and so I'm, I'm really excited to do it it's, I mean it does suck that like you know I'm not getting paid this week, so I can't start on that journey. I'll have to wait a whole week. And... No, that's good. It'll give you time to set things up. Yeah. Like set up like a system, like an automated system that you don't have to think about. Yeah. To where it just runs automatically. You come and check in on it. You're like, cool, I got a thousand bucks, yeah. you know? So, go ahead. All right. And it's, I mean, do you have, I don't know, any suggestions? Because I'm with Wells Fargo. And I think the, the, the biggest hurdle for me is always going to be opening the app and like seeing the savings. So when you said that, you know, Capital One having their own savings account, that sounded enticing to me. Mm-hmm. Because if I can just forget about it and just, you know, send money that way every so often, mm-hmm. I think that'll be easier because, it, you know, um, out of sight, out of mind. I, it doesn't, it no longer becomes a resource to me. Whereas, you know, when I, when I see it, it's like, oh, well, how much do I have to play with? You know? Yeah, if you're triggered by that, definitely set it up to where you can't see it. So, yeah, that Capital One 360 uh, checking account, it's online. Actually, it's just a savings account. I don't even have okay. a debit card for it. So, it's not, so I can transfer money through bank accounts with okay. it. And I have it set up so it automatically takes certain uh, like money out of my account each month and each week and I don't think about it and they and it compounds interest so I'll actually make like $12 a year or $30 a year or something yeah. from it depending on how much is in it so it's really fun in that regard too wow. and I've definitely drained that a lot and had to and but it the cool thing is it, it does get built back up because of the automatic savings that happens yeah so yes definitely have that and I don't have that app on my phone either it's yeah. like deleting Instagram on your phone. Yeah. Like if you don't see it, then you're not going to get triggered to keep looking at it. Got it. So I think that would be a really good idea for you. Yeah. Millionaire by 30. Ugh, I don't want to overwhelm you, but definitely, definitely actors fun thing. If that interests you yeah. and set up some automatic and stuff. Definitely. Sounds like the most appealing thing to you right now is to set up that uh, online checking account or yeah. savings account. I'm sorry. Yeah, definitely that. And just kind of getting that, zero balance like that's kind of been my goal you know since i started this new current gig was uh, just full disclosure so yeah i started the new gig um i want to say august and going in i was like with this gig i'm going to pay off the cards that's my goal and that's kind of been how i would go into like like my last writing job before this i was like all right, this is the writing job where I'm gonna pay off. Like I knew I had this, uh, this like collection amount on my um, 
because I have credit karma, so I can know what's on my credit, because yeah. I've been trying to bump up this credit score, and it's definitely been a journey, but I knew I had this, uh, one of the, when I first moved to LA officially, I, it's, it's, it's crazy, um, you're gonna, I'm just curious, I'm interested in what you're gonna think when you hear these two things, so I took out a payday loan to get to, for the down payment on my, um, on my apartment, and then I got the, I borrowed against my retirement because I was working for the LA County Register Recorder for 10 years. So I borrowed wow. against it and I was like, and I had the money. And even at the time, I was like, I have enough money where I can pay off the the payday loan and never think about it. But of course I was like, no, I'm just going to spend all of this money. And what ended up happening was the payday loan obviously went to collections because I, I got it because I quit my job. I didn't have a job. And... So that's been the biggest uh, kind of account connected to my uh, credit score for a while. But then I also heard that it's better to pay the smaller credit, uh, the smaller accounts and collections before the bigger ones. So piece by piece, I was doing it. And that was kind of like the last mm-hmm. thing on my credit. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pay that off. I think it was like two grand or something. And I paid that off. And I think the last thing that's technically on there that keeps that is it it's not really showing up, but it's um, my Bank of America account got closed with a two hundred dollar kind of uh, I don't know what it's called, but basically I was overdraft like two hundred bucks, and then they closed it. So like it, it was what is it called when it's closed with uh, account closed with whatever or the other so that that one's technically still there and they've done the whole like hey pay us and we'll get rid of it but i don't know if it's like when i look for it it's not showing up so i'm like Hmm. is paying this actually going to help or are you just getting money out of me yeah i'm not really familiar with that so i can't really speak on that but that might be something they could talk to you about miana could could help you with she's really cool very knowledgeable and stuff um, that sounds really stressful. And I think part of the reason, too, when you when you got the money to pay off that payday loan, that you were like, nah, I mean, paying debt is not fun. It's not sexy. It's not something you're like, ooh, I can't wait to get paid to pay off my credit card. Yeah. You're like, I'd rather go get something fun. Yeah. So definitely set something up to where you can pay your money off, but also you give yourself a little treat, too. So it's not like, like they always say pay yourself first mm-hmm. and then pay your bills. So... I think focusing on building wealth in addition to paying the debt too is good. So you don't have to just focus on playing credit cards, yeah. but you could focus on building something better too, so that you have that cushion and you don't have to keep relying on credit cards. Yeah. So I hope that helps. Yeah, yeah, no, it does. And uh, definitely check that out. Okay, so um, we're gonna, that's gonna wrap it up for the therapy portion and we'll be right back with the creative portion on a little advice and we are back at least two minutes later usually it's several seconds but we we kept talking about money yeah and thank you so much for sharing all that about finances we're a finance whiz because i remember i don't know if it was at a comedy club or if it was that one black party we were at but I remember you were talking we went about, to a black panther party yeah yeah sure <laughs> um, but you you were talking about how you own a house and how like you're on top of like 
your oh finances. God, I sound like such a douchebag. Well, it wasn't douchey. You were because I think it was someone who was just like me who was saying the thing like, "I don't think I can ever own a house," and you're like, "But you can." You can, and a lot of people. Was there a bug? No, no, that kind of looks like a weed plant, but it doesn't. No, I got that from IKEA. Oh. I wanted two of them because you know there's there's a panda behind yeah. me with guns, and mm-hmm. I wanted to make it look like he was in the forest. Yeah, or something. yeah. He got halfway there. Um, I thought there was going to be a story about why you didn't get the second one. You just... I just probably didn't want to spend the money. I'm uh, super frugal McDougal, yeah, which needed... has its own problems, oh, too. Man. It's 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 rough. It's, I mean, we... <laughs> I just have this fear of, like, like, I need to figure out how to take care of myself. Like, I feel like I'm just going to be on my own. Like, I need to figure it out. Even though I do have, like, resources that can help me and stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't like depending on other people. Yeah. So I'd like to figure things out. So that's part of it for me. So if you can find your nerd about it, that would be good too. But you can do it. It is possible. We can figure out how, like, people get so afraid of money and dealing with it. But, like, you have so much more power and so much more control if you know, like, what's going on and what you can do with it and how to, like, make the best out of it. We're still talking about this. Okay. <laughs> get to the other stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if people like this podcast or if they're like, why are you mixing these two topics? But it's my podcast. That's why. It's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah. So you do podcasts, you do stand up, you, you play video games, oh, you yeah. do a bunch of nerd stuff, Dragon yeah. Ball Z. He just showed me these really dope shoes that I'm actually into myself. <laughs> so, um, What's your what's your creative process like? And you can pick any of those things. Oh man, I can bounce around a bit uh, since I am a rambler. Uh, it's for all of them; they're all uniquely different in a ways. And there's thinking back on what we talked about, and think back what I'm gonna say. You're gonna be like, see, that's what I'm talking about. But when it comes to like writing a a script. So if I'm writing a script or a sample pilot, one thing that works for me is really just kind of trying to break that outline. And the and the the way I break an outline is by giving. What do you mean by break an outline? Like so, make an outline? Yeah. So when I, so so like when you have an idea for a pilot, you generally have an idea of some of the main characters, and you have the idea of the conflict and possibly a solution but when you're writing a pilot you need all the steps to get there and the things that might happen on the side like your a and b story god that sounds so stressful uh yeah so like to me breaking an outline is get really breaking those steps like how are we going to get there what are the connections we're going to make and to really i what i found at least with this last pilot i worked that helps more than anything is to take a step back and write a really strong one sheet uh so i and with and that's kind of just a lot of my path for writing is to be extremely structured i'm very much a unstructured person but the more structure i have and and knowing the steps that I'm going to do, the easier it is for me because then it's like, okay, then I'm, this is where I'm going to do my dump of info. So You can do that with money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't I say I you know, were going to say I know, I know. <laughs> I held it back as far as I go. But yeah, so like, so I like in my one sheet to break down kind of the, the main characters that we're going to see and really break down who they are where they came from and 
like what makes them tick like what do they want what are they going to want out the series because i find when you have that information you know how they're going to respond to everything that's the so one. when you come up with a concept for a pilot do you ever write movies too uh i do i've never sat down and wrote it because usually i've been in the process of my team being behind me like time to get staff so write a pilot right okay. uh but i definitely have a few ideas that i've been meaning to get to the page but i want to write a movie oh you definitely should i just have but like so i don't know how to do it though okay. so when you when you come it's, up with a concept for a pilot or whatever it is do you start with characters or what do you what do you usually start with to to flush out uh it, it depends on if it's a very premise-based pilot where it's like like or, what uh, so, like, if the pilot's very premise-based, I had one, um, the, the premise of it is that um, it was kind of loosely based off of me, but, like, as a, as a slacker, I got laid off from my job, and my dad, who's this Nigerian immigrant, has so <laughs> high expectations and wants me to be able to provide for my family, he moves in with me. And that was the premise. I was like, okay... He takes this, your credit cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he so so the premise is that this guy who can't really who who's trying to keep it together, whose father thinks he's he's a fuck up, now his father moves in with him. So now I have that premise. And I luckily since it's kind of based off of me, I know the characters are gonna be me, my dad, and Aurora. But then through really kind of thinking about it, I got my mom. I was like, she's definitely going to need to be in it. And then this guy, he's called, he's named after my Uncle Steve, but he's an al- amalgamation of every Nigerian uncle I had ever met. <laughs> and so so I knew I had those characters. So then I was like, okay, who else is there? Weldon is going to be there, who's like my best friend. And um, so since I had those core characters, it was like, cool. It was great. And so... That is kind of how I start with a premise base. So then I had one that was character base, and this is kind of where I learned that trick where I had this uh, concept, or I still have this concept. It just, I took it out to pitch, but now we're uh, reworking it and taking it out to a larger market, uh, which is just a short way to say networks passed on it. And Uh, (laughs) (laughs) don't steal his idea. Uh, I mean, you could try. Don't try. But. This story was a character base. It was called Meatheads, and it's a workplace comedy that takes place in a gym. And so with this, I wrote down all these characters in the gym, but um, I was like, okay, one. Th- I was just kind of stuck, and I was like, what can I do to make these characters pop for me? Because they're kind of just kind of sitting there, and I was like, oh, what do all of them want? Because And it came a little easier to me because I feel like with, with fitness we all want something but I was able to take a step back and be like you know what do they want out of life and once I wrote that down for everyone I immediately was like oh this is it once the this is how I knew what anyone would react to how any one of those characters would react to anything because I've already laid down their worldview, what they want and how they see the world. So I kind of took that kind of thinking back to moving in, which was the one about, you know, me and my dad. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, what does Ify want out of this situation? What does his dad want? What does Weldon want? And you get these more well-rounded, fleshed out characters because you're like, okay, 
uh, for example, Weldon, his big character, uh, he, he's based off, loosely based off of one of my best friends. And one thing about Weldon as a person in real life is he's kind of just, he seems like he's always searching for what he, what he, what he, almost like, I, I don't want to say who he is, but just kind of like, what's his thing? Like, he seems like he's always in a search. Like, he's switched, he's bounced between, like, being a religious person and not a religious person. He's bounced between being, like, a person who's a nerd versus, like, someone who's, like, he's going to be really into fitness. So I took that and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what the character's about. He's kind of just searching for what he wants out of life. And then that led into his B story of, like, how he changes for every one of his girlfriends so he was dating like <laughs> a poet great. so he's like now he's in a poetry and before that he was dating this uh girl who wanted to be a programmer so he was taking programming classes and it was driving him nuts so is that kind of like a recurring theme throughout the the show would be him like who's he dating now yeah exactly <laughs> okay and then eventually that'll just hopefully blossom and turn into something even and more he'll fun. grow as a person yeah. or something Oh, wow. That, that's really interesting. When you look at that and you, you look at characters and say, what do they want out of life? Do you apply that to people in your life or yourself in your life? Like if I were to say, what do you want out of life? Would you be able to answer that? Or do, when you look at people, do you see like, oh, it seems like they want this out of life? Or Well, I mean, I feel like it's kind of helped me in this industry uh, a bit, uh, mostly because I I used to internalize a lot of things. I am a very, like, I watch people's body language, mm-hmm. and I forget that everyone isn't as aware of themselves as they are, as, as you perceive them. Like, you know, <laughs> so, so if, if, like, say we're having this conversation, and, like, you were waiting for, like, a package, and so you're just kind of, like, looking out the window the whole time, and, like, I would take that person, like, oh, she's... I'm talking too much. He wants me to wrap it up, but that's not it. And, but I think, you know, you're, you tend to, when you, when you're a person who wants to follow your intuitions, you forget that you don't have all the informations to make that Mm. stuff. So to take that step back, you can see how that can, you know, make you feel some type of way in this industry. You know, if, especially like you go to a club and you like wave at someone and they're talking to someone and they're like, Oh, Hey, and you're like, Oh, I guess they don't. They they're trying to be brand new because. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, I just, and then also just stuff like you know, if if you want to collab with someone or if you want to be you know, we, friendships are hard. I find because especially especially in this business because it's business like because, there's like a hierarchy and. Yeah, I I, I I hate bringing this up because of like I started bringing it up as a joke. Then I'm like genuine. Um, things came up about this then like also like even though i know he's probably not gonna be listening to any podcast i'm on but i was like i don't want him to like think i'm overthinking this but i knew timothy chalamet uh (laughs) yeah so we were in a short film uh like when i first started doing uh acting and so we kind of kept in touch but he's based in new york so it was the same way you keep in touch with anyone in new york you know just messages here and there and like one time he was out here in comic-con and we kicked it together and then like we watched the finals at my crib together uh uh and so he yeah he's like this mega he's star so crazy he's and huge. like uh like like we, we were texting too because like when call me by your name when i got the screener i like sent texted him a video of him um 
of him like of, of his name and the credits and okay. like with Migos and he like was like oh man that's real funny and then I was like hey man you know we're gonna go for the Oscar he's like dude I hope and that's whatever then the, then he gets the Oscar nomination wow. and like skyrockets and then we kind of fall out of touch but then I found myself like I was like I don't like you when it was it was the closest I've been to something like that so like I really was like I like I, I felt like I was a little more aggressive because I was like I knew he was about to blow up and I was like I don't want you to forget about me uh but in in all but it's the same principle I think in this industry in general where it's like no one is necessarily going to forget about you they're just going to be busy as hell yeah but it's so I think it's because like our perception of what making it and what Hollywood is is molded even before we even know we want to be in this business where everyone's like you know people go to Hollywood they get famous and then they forget about the little people and then they're on their well, own well some people do big time yeah. you and you can't yeah. tell if yeah. they're you never know because they have like I mean I hate to say it like this they have like the upper hand they have the power yeah. they have the ability to completely yeah. destroy you oh yeah you know what I mean you're like hi and he's like who are you? Yeah. I'm, like, and some people could do that, but it doesn't sound like he's the type of person yeah. that would oh, no. do he's, that. He's he's genuinely nice, but you ne- yeah. but you never know. So it's like yeah. it's a protection mechanism, I think, too. Yeah, but because of that, I you know even on a smaller scale, I think of like our relationships with people, and like say, you know, like say you know I wanted to you know hit shows with you, or I wanted you know to hang out with you because. And we're, we'll look at it if we're the ones who want that ass. Like, I just want to do that because I think they're cool. In actuality, like, I'm making a greater effort to hang out with you because you are on. And there is, like, a light sensation. Wow. Like, I want that piece of you. and But, like, you still would get salty. And the one way I've been able to check that is, like, just uh, just in, to see why I went on this tangent is looking at what people want. It's like, how valuable are you to that person and what value are you getting out of them and what are you actually seeking? Because so many people make it seem like, oh, you know, I just want to connect on a human level. It's like, no, you, there's, there's something you're hoping to get mm. out of it with that friendship. We don't want to look at it that way because we're so afraid of seeming like we're using it, but it's, but we, we can't lie to ourselves. It's wow. part of it. It's, yeah. It's a part. And so... I've kind of been able to check myself and ground myself of being like most friendships which are like going to be organic are going to be built as you both seeing value in the relationship you'll get out of it. You're like, I can't go to Will Smith and try and build a relationship because what value is he going to get out of hanging out with you me? You guys could be workout buddies. Yeah, I mean, but he's he, he, he's like, I could call up The Rock, and that's a better <laughs> Like, there, there really is, like, no true value of exchange. Now, then think of what I get out of it. I get so much. If I appear in one of his, his Instagram videos, if he shouts me out, that does so much more for me than it would do for him. And it's And you can't just take that personal because also putting you aside who are who who isn't trying to necessarily use uh, anyone you're trying to build a real connection and if it nothing happens nothing happens you have to remember the whole bunch of other people who are just like no i want to use you i i know what i can get from you i know i have nothing to offer from you and i just want to take that from you 
and you have to realize that they're dealing with that too and to not take your you know your requests personal but just to be like all right you know we're just not on the same wavelength right now mm. I, I hope what I'm saying is making sense. I mean, that, that's a, I, I gotta say, that's a pretty uh, mature and like honest assessment. Like, I think a lot of people don't really think about in terms of what is this person gonna get from you and like being honest with yourself about what your motivations are. Yeah. I mean, it could be to connect as human beings too, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, like you're saying, you would get so much more of the connection with Will Smith than he would get from yeah. you. Yeah. And to, to really be able to check your motivations and not take things personally. That's huge. Yeah. That's really huge. So that's really cool that you would get that from looking at things as a pr- in the perspective as a writer. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, um, so I, I think, yeah, to take back. So that's the writing stuff. I find uh, with comedy, it's very different for me. Where comedy, it's it's a combination of both just kind of like absorbing the information coming in and actually thinking about it. Like, and so I never thought too much about the process of a comedian until like, do you use Reddit much at all? I mean, I try. Yeah, I I go into I I peruse our stand up a lot, and it's a lot of like you know newbie comics coming in and like asking questions and getting shit on by these nobody comics uh comics are so mean oh yeah but what's so funny is like it's always like some guy you never heard of from some city you kind of know about like it's never gonna be like you know someone who you're like jack why are you being mean to this guy you know like it's always somebody who's like you're you're um What's the word? I love using this word because I say it so much. But you're posturing. You you're trying to make yourself feel more important as a stand-up by like shitting on this newbie. And mm-hmm. I find that outside of Reddit, we see that in LA. Like every January, like everyone has such a big like oh so many of these resolution comics, and it's like so what? <laughs> you know, it's like we all have to start somewhere, and they're not a threat. Yeah. You know, you, you should like I don't know. It's it, I've. I think too it like gets passed down mm-hmm. like you know like in school like the the older kids picking on the younger yeah. kids and then you you can come up and be an older kid and either go two ways you could either say I remember being picked on and I didn't like it so I'm going to be nice to these kids yeah. or I was picked on so I'm they're going to have to deal with it too <laughs> yeah, it made me better yeah yeah good get thick skin or whatever so yeah that's really interesting Forgot what else I was gonna ask you in regards to that. So when you write stand up, what what is your process like for that? Uh, I typically tend to I don't know, like it's it's so wild because you know I'll try and do like the thing where I was like let me just see what's going on in the world today, but that never ever inspires me. But what I find is like being around it a lot and just kind of having people talk to me, which is like the other side of writing, if we could jump back to that. Whenever I get stuck, I find the best way to get more ideas is to tell your ideas to other people. If you have an idea mm. like for your for your movie, if you like if you like if we weren't on the podcast and no one could steal your ideas, you can just tell me like your idea and every question that I ask, you'll know that that's a question the audience is going to want to know and then you're either going to have an answer for it and and we can like dive deep into that aspect of the story or you won't 
and we can you can think about it. That's, that's hilarious. Another way it could go is that I, you asking me questions, I'll interpret as like, he doesn't think I'm good enough. And like, you make it like crazy and like yeah. mean something Please, terrible about yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't. If, if I'm asking questions, it's because I'm no. interested. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, I wouldn't think that you would do yeah, that. But, but sometimes I do feel a little defensive. Oh, yeah. In, in comedy, because you don't know, like, which, which is my own thing. I'm getting over it. But because <laughs> a lot, a lot of times you come in as a newer comic and as a woman comic, too, people kind of challenge you yeah. in a different kind of way that doesn't seem like it's like a, it's a camaraderie thing. Mm-hmm. It's like a, you're not, I just felt so insecure yeah. starting out, like whether I was even funny enough or not. And I still deal with that too, yeah. even though I'm the funniest person in the world. Yeah. I'm kidding. But so yeah, that's great. Um, God, I could talk to you. Like I, I still want to talk to you more about the writing process. But yeah. I know this is going long, and you probably got like no. Don't worry about brownie the time limit. Well, I have a show to get to oh, soon okay. too. So I guess we have to. Worry yeah. About the time limit. Let me. I'll just ask you this last question, okay. and then we'll figure out where people can can um, see you and stuff. Um, before your greatest success in your career, if you can think of anything, or even in your life, um, what was a mental shift, if any? that you had before it happened? Do I, I say, um, I think about this a lot and I say it a lot because it, it's so funny because it's a mental shift I have and now a pet peeve I have because a lot of people do it. But to stop asking permission to create, I find that, that so many people oh. want permission. I've seen so many posts on Facebook that was like, if I make this, will y'all watch it? And it was like, it doesn't matter if we'll watch it, just make it. Like, because if you're waiting for permission to do it, that's just like another wall you're kind of setting of yourself. You, you know, just just make it. You're Because one, you're gonna fail when you're starting at anything. You're, mm-hmm. You know, every, every, I think it was either the Duplass brothers or mm-hmm. one of the filmmaker big dogs was like, Make your first short, make your first whatever, because it's going to suck. And then once you get that out of your system, because you learn from sucking. Every every time you do something, depending on who you are, you learn from sucking. Because if you are willing to, and, and I think this will be the second wave of it, even if you don't necessarily think, believe it, there is something to like finding where you went wrong and mm-hmm. something not working. Sometimes it isn't your fault. Sometimes you definitely did do everything right and it was the crowd or it was because they didn't give you a mic for the show. But if you can sit there and try and critique yourself and see what you did wrong, and I'm not saying go in a spiral where you're picking apart yourself and really I think that's harmful, but when you're just like, okay, what can I do to make this better? That's always going to leave you as a better artist and... Definitely, yeah. I think do not, once I was like, I'm gonna just do these things. I think I want to make this. I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just do this joke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to this mic. I'm gonna ask to do this show. I, I think. And also to remember too, like no one gives a shit about you. Yeah. Like no one's gonna be like, how dare you do that? They're only thinking about themselves. Yeah, hundred so. percent. I think that's true too. Uh, I think that. Oh, that's so good. Like, no one gives a shit about you. Because I feel like so many people are afraid to take the leap because Mm -hmm. they think that if they get rejected once, they'll forget. But it's like, no, I mean, for example, put your hands together. The first tape I sent, I heard nothing back. The second tape I sent, I like, they're like, oh, yeah, thanks for sending the tape. And then the third tape I sent, I got on the show. 
They never once were they like, you've sent us two tapes and you think that you're going to get on this show? But it's so easy. I, oh I my get God. it though. I've submitted to so many shows just once and then like, they hate me. Yeah. And I'm getting better about that. But that yeah. that's such a good point. You oh, yeah. have to keep, there's so many people around yeah. asking for things and doing stuff. You have to follow up and you have to stop acting like you're being such a burden. Yeah. I mean, there is a difference between that and like harassing people and yeah. like knowing where you are level wise. Mm-hmm. But, but also, it's like, own your space. There yeah. is no levels. I, I, like, I do want to say, it is bullshit. I see so many people, I think that goes back into waiting for permission. There's this concept of paying dues that we're forced to believe from those same older comics who want to bully. And really, the only people who want you to pay your dues are people who want to stunt you so that you don't get more successful quicker than they do. But what about someone who just started and they're trying to do, like, a big thing? Like, do you do you think it I would think, be good I think, for, go ahead and take that. Or if they're that, not funny, yeah, or like they're, yeah, like, I, I like think, William Hung. I mean, he's still got <laughs> successful. But you know what yeah, I mean, like that. But, but with that, it's like, take that L. Do it. Because, because like, either... If, luckily the producers are good enough to determine whether you're good enough to do the show and if they do think you're good enough to do the show like I've heard some people have been like uh, I had a, someone go I did Bridgetown too early because you know I went out there I you know I, I was just like X amount of time and it was like if you got into Bridgetown when you were X months in you got in because you got in because they definitely didn't know it so why are you beating up on yourself yeah. because you didn't do uh, do anything you're it just it, like take your L's, go for it, jump and shoot for the moon. Because if you if you fucking get it, then try and make it work. You have like Bo Burnham who got you know popular off of YouTube videos that were like two three years old. And I remember I was listening to him on WTF, and he was like, you know, I just feel bad because like you know I don't want pe- you know I I felt like I didn't pay my dues like apparently he was planning to move to New York and do the grinds like yeah but you don't have to do it and mm. just you know cut your teeth i mean i would love like just like use the stage time to take your L's cuz people aren't going to just laugh at you automatically you know you 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 you've been in clubs some of the best comics still go on stage and don't do well so you getting more opportunities quicker I don't think is going to stunt or harm you mm-hmm. unless you let it go to your head. Then you get people who have egos who uh, who are much larger than they actually are and that's when you run into problems. They'll learn from that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that's true. Like, I'm, I miss having like the new comic energy and yeah. it, it lasted such a short time but like during <laughs> that time it's like I was so funny and oh, yeah. I was playful and I didn't know any better to be freaked out or intimidated by certain things i was like i'll submit for this i'll do this i got this but and then the more you learn the more you're like oh oh i'm not supposed to i know and it's like but it's funny because it's such bullshit like how many times have you been like at a party and you're just talking your head off to this person having a real good conversation they walk away and somebody comes up and goes oh did you know that was so and so Mm -hmm. and it was like no but like if i did i would have acted totally different and what went wrong with me just being myself? It seems like we really hit it off. Yeah, but, you but made we, an actual connection, and it wasn't like this weirdness of like, oh my god, this is yeah, so and so. I have, I have to, to be, be on or a certain way. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely know what you mean by that. I have enjoyed talking to you so much. Seriously, this is so great. I've learned a lot, and I hope that you have some stuff that you can apply to where can people find you oh you can find me at if you way i-f-y-n-w-a-d-i-w-e on twitter and instagram 
if D's on Twitch, if that's your thing. And, you know, look, I've been making multi, uh, video game videos for BuzzFeed. Uh, so check that out. When does this drop? Um, it'll probably drop in not next Monday, but the Monday after. Okay, perfect. By then, BuzzFeed Multiplayer has launched. And Great. We're part of that team. We're doing video game stuff. Uh, check it out. And you're on. You have a podcast too, right, yeah, yeah. Danny? Oh yeah. I always forget my own podcast. Oh. Uh, me and Danny Fernandez have Nerdificent. Love her. She's great. Uh, every every Tuesday that drops, and then me and my buddy Matt Apodaca uh, have a podcast called Candy Dinner. If you ever want to come on, let me know if you're. Is available. it candy? No, we just talk shit. <laughs> we. I'm in. Yeah, Candy Dinner <laughs> was a nickname on our old improv team when we were at Orange County because we were the two youngest, so uh-huh. they would just call us Candy Dinner as like, oh, look at Candy Dinner over here. Uh, so and it just stuck, and we we're like, that's the name of our podcast. It's very triggering for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love candy, and I do eat it for dinner. We can get you some candy. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for being here. Um, if you guys like this podcast, even if you don't, like, just like it, subscribe, share, comment, leave reviews. Anything else I'm leaving out? No, I think you nailed it. All. I nailed it. You guys, thank you so much for listening to A Little Advice.